People call me every week. They, they read in the Wall Street Journal or ESPN or Sports Illustrated or whatever, they read about one of my clients and transfer and, and so they call me up and they say, Angelo, here's what I want. I want to run a sub seven minute mile. I want to bench 300 pounds. I want to lose 40 pounds and I want more energy to play with, with the grandkids. Great. I can help you achieve all of those objectives. Now, which one do you want to achieve first? Because if you try to achieve all of them at the same time, you're going to achieve none of them. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Now, do you want to transform your body and your system, your energy, and your wellness? And if you have any interest in increasing your health or wellness at any level, then stay tuned to this episode with Angelo Poli. Now, Angelo has been running a system for the last two decades of really helping people to personalize their fitness, but also their weight loss programs. And part of this was, he says that, you know what, there are so many different systems out there. They all work for somebody but there are many that don't work for other individuals. So it's this personalization that he really talks about, but also some key things that they have discovered that most other guests haven't talked about. Now with that, I want to thank you for being a Secrets of Success listener. If you like what we're doing, please pass it on, leave, subscribe, leave a positive comment on whatever platform, share it with those that you uh, care about. Now today, one of the things we talk about, this is more of a show about wellness and health and in reducing stress and one of our number one assessments that we have at consulting resource group is the stress indicator in health planner now it is our longest tool it has 120 questions but we really drill down to figure out what uh, what are your stress levels in five separate areas and then we have recommendations in each one of those categories in the health planner section on what I can do to take my uh, wellness to the next level now Stay tuned because we are eventually going to have an e-course on this assessment for individuals that have any kind of desire to improve their wellness or their wellness of their organization. So stay tuned to that. So thank you again for listening. And now here is today's episode with Angelo Poli. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, you know that one of our focuses is that we want individuals to transform, to develop themselves, but also to take care of themselves from a health and a wellness and a mindset point of view. And today's expert is going to help us with that. Welcome to the show, Angelo Poli. You Angela, got it. How are you doing? So much, Ken. I am doing great today. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> well, we have already tested our mindset with a little technical blips along the way, so we'll see how this all unfolds. Uh, so we're already keeping grounded and centered. And so, Angelo, what I always like to do with our uh, guests is to really for them to share their story, their journey, uh, a little bit before we get into your expertise. So, you know, where was uh, growing up for you as far as what part of the country? Northern California, that's, that's where I'm based. I, I, I was fortunate to do a little bit of travel, but uh, I always came back to the country. I love where we live. 
and um, my family's from here. I spent some time in the Midwest. I spent some time actually in New York City. Uh, but this has been home base, and mm. I've been fortunate. I'm surrounded by good people here. <laughs> are you uh, close to the Reading area? We are, yeah. Reading's about 45 minutes for me, as a matter of fact. Well, there we go. Hey, listen, I've uh, many times we've driven to Disneyland from Vancouver uh, and just passed you along the way, I'm sure. Yep. Yes, you have. That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> so when we think about uh, your growing up, what was uh, life like as a kid in your household? It was great. I, I have a uh, great family, and uh, everybody was really supportive. Uh, I, I started working at a young age. I was um, homeschooled through high school, and wow. uh, my family didn't have a lot, have a lot in a material way, um, but we certainly had a good work ethic, and so I started working um, when I was 16 years old, uh, 17, just, you know, part-time out, outside of the house, and um, I'd like to think that it helped instill a good work, et- work ethic and appreciation for... Um, you know, uh, uh, the benefits of a hard day of work. And uh, as, as I got a little bit older, um, I really became passionate about a few different industries, but the, the common theme running between them was I loved learning how things work, specifically when it came to the human body, physiology, and why we're all a little different in how our bodies adapt to different stress, different inputs. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that ended up just kind of being where I spent my, my free time as a hobby when I was a kid and young. And, and as I got a little bit older, it turned into um, the focus of, uh, of business in my career. So what did your parents do uh, growing up? Were you on the farm there or what, what was their occupations? Well, not farm. We're, you know, kind of a laid-back country uh, area, but um, my my father worked as uh, just a a clerk at a a convenience store. My mom was a secretary, and the the thing that was most important in their lives was family. Um, My my father... uh, did a bit of teaching as well on topics that he was versed in. Um, and he was, I'd like to tell, uh, I, I always said he was the world's greatest storyteller. He would make everything interesting. He would recount events if it was just mundane events, and he had a way of just making it magical. Um, and that's what I grew up with. Unfortunately, we lost Dad about 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Mom's still around, and my brother, and my, my close family, and and so now it's uh, it's me and my wife and our English bulldog, and we have we have good times. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you for that. And yeah, it's sure. always sad to lose a family member, and uh, we all have that, are, or most of us that are listening. So oh, condolences yep. on that. So Angelo, when we were thinking about you know you come out of high school, it's pretty rare for uh, sort of a high school individual or a teenager to be interested in sort of metabolics and how our systems work. Where, where do you think that came from? Well, it didn't really start there. It just started with where I think everything starts. Um, there was a problem and I wanted a solution. <laughs> and what was the problem that you were trying to fix or so, resolve? 
I was always interested in fitness. Um, I was interested in transformations, and I, I was interested in everything along those lines. And I'll, I'll tell you a story. I had my very first client, and I never thought I was getting into this industry. This was just something that I did, you know, on the side as the opportunity presented itself. Um, but I had a client, and she was she was in her sixties. She um, ended up asking me if I would help teach her. She said, hey, you, you, know, you look like you, you know how to exercise or even lift weights. Let, teach me how to work out at the gym. Teach me how to eat a little better. I want to I get healthy. She was in her 60s. She lost uh, 50, 60 pounds. She quit smoking. She completely overhauled her health. Um, I mean, it was just one of those, those you know, dream experiences that was so motivating. I said, you know what? I want to do that. I want to teach this fitness stuff for a living. But that's not what hooked me. Here's what hooked me. She said, I have a friend that I want you to help as well. And she's younger than me and healthier than me and has a little bit more weight to lose than me. So um, it, this should be even better for her. So I started exercising with a friend. I started making the same ex nutrition recommendations. And, you know, this was a long time ago. It was just the basics. We're going to cut down on sugar. We're going to eat these types of meals, etc. They did the exact same routine. And, you know, her friend lost five pounds. That was it. Wow, eh? From 50 to five. Why so is it? Yeah, why is it one could lose 50 and then the other doing the exact same thing would only lose five pounds? And so that's what really drove my interest uh, into the, the biology, the physiology, and the details behind how the metabolism works. Um, now, I'm so, sorry to interrupt you, Angelo, yeah. for a moment. Yeah, no, what no. Were, what were no. you doing for a living war at that time, even though you're, you're kind of delving in this as a sort of a part-time a hobby. What were you doing to live at that time? What was your work? I um, was entrepreneurial at a young age. I had a window cleaning business that I started when I was 18. Um, and we started with just, you know, mom and pop, you know, storefronts, some residential homes. But pretty soon I had crews and we were doing car dealerships and Safeway stores and um, up and down uh, the Northern California uh, coast and, and area, and it was a nice little business. And ironically, when I was in my um, early 20s, I ended up selling it um, for, you know, at the time what I thought was big bucks. I think I got mm. 15000 for it, the whole business, but it was just enough money to, um, to buy myself some nice used fitness equipment um, to start uh, to start training clients uh, in in my garage at home, and that was you know when I was just in my early twenties, and then from there, of course, it it developed in mushrooms, and now I'm aging myself a little bit, but two decades later, <laughs> um, it's turned into something uh, uh, a little bit more significant, um, and, and I'm really blessed to have, uh, have the opportunity to do something that, that I'm passionate about and have the other experts that work along side by side with me on this. Excellent. Well, let's just kind of scroll back. So you have this lady, uh, this client who loses five pounds instead of your other client who loses 50. What did you discover? What I discovered was I didn't know enough to help this individual 
transform. I had someone in front of me who was not, this wasn't like uh, she was not participating. She was absolutely willing to put in the work. And, you know, I, she, if I said jump, she'd say how high. Yet I didn't have the tools to be able to effectively help her or even explain to her at the time why she had such a different experience from someone else. So that's when I started reading and studying and practicing and uh, uh, just experiencing everyone's body responds a little bit different. And uh, it, it still, of course, took years to, to really um, perfect and nail down on the system of assessment. But here's, if I had to encapsulate it, here's what it boils down to. Um, when I do interviews like this, people ask me all the time, well, Angela, why do you talk about metabolism so much? Why don't you focus more on nutrition and nutrients? Why do you focus more even on physiology and exercise? And I deal with all of those things. It's not that nutrition is more important than exercise. It's not that nutrients and healthy food is less important than metabolism. It's that of all the topics relating to someone's ability to successfully change their body, metabolism is the one that is the most misunderstood. It's the most confusing. It's shrouded in mystery for most people. They can't answer the question, why does everybody respond so differently? And then you add to that the amalgamation of voices in the industry. I mean, just go on Google and type in, how do I lose weight? And you will literally get 10,000 differing and conflicting opinions. Um, now, I've been doing this for, for 20 years. I've dieted over 20,000 people now at this point in, in my career. Um, and I can tell you something with certainty. I'm going to tell you about all those different approaches and what this person has to say and what that person has to say. And here it is. All of them are correct. All of them are right. There's some science. Every approach has worked for someone, which is why, naturally, there are so many different opinions about how you should eat or what types of foods you should eat or even what type of exercise you should do. There's so many different opinions because there isn't a right or wrong answer. I mean, again, dating myself, I've I been around for all the decades of the different fitness and nutrition strategies. I mean, in the, the 90s, you know, was the whole, we, you know, we, we marched late 80s was all still counting calories, right? And in the 90s, we marched all the carbs out back and shot them and buried them. And then, and then the 2000, it was, no, you just eat clean, natural, organic foods, which, by the way, I, I do really like that. Um, and, then, mm -hmm. and then we moved into, you know, kind of more, back to some more extremes where, okay, no ketogenics. We're going to uh, reduce carbohydrate intake dramatically or... Um, or we're going to go uh, cyclical fasting. You're only going to eat on certain days of the week or certain times of the day. Or the, and there's so many different strands and methods and modalities out there. All of them are backed by some scientific mechanics, but there's no central location to go to get an explanation of how each of these different tools are impacting your physiology. And so the illustration I use is it's kind of like walking into the car mechanic and saying, you know, hey, 
you know, Eddie, which is the best tool? Is it the screwdriver or the wrench? You know, what, what should I do? Should I be doing cyclical fasting? Should I be doing ketogenic? Should I be counting calories? Should I be doing paleo? Should I, what should I be doing? It's, it's a silly question. He's not going to say, well, the screwdriver is a better tool, of course. Well, no. It's all a matter of the right tool for the job. And that's, um, and, and as I started to really find that everyone's body has the capacity to adapt, it's a matter of identifying the right leverage points, that's when we're able to start basically coming up with a system, a simple system to identify what is most likely to produce results for you as an individual. And that's where well, is, Metro came in. And, and uh, I probably couldn't agree more, Angelo, as a, um, a person with a nutrition and genetics background, is there are some things that work for some people and not others. I joke in one of our wellness programs, I said, if you have 12 nutritionists, how many opinions on how to eat do you have? And usually it's 13, right? Exactly. I love that. So, so with that, uh, what have you been? So, what is your business now? Let's say this last decade. Have you stayed in the health and wellness uh, space for that whole time? I did. Um, so, I, I experienced um, in my mid twenties, mid to early ish twenties, uh, a, a fairly severe injury um, that that kind of took me out of the game for a while, but not out of the industry. Um, I, I've had a few back surgeries. I had a, a pretty bad injury. And so uh, I couldn't hand people dumbbells anymore. I couldn't count reps, or at least not to the degree that I used to. So what I ended up doing is I ended up focusing more on the strategy point uh, parts. And that really had to do with lifestyle and nutrition and overall how you manage your time and allocate what training modality based on what your goals are. And so I would, I would travel from facility to facility. I had a, a whole host of um, uh, facil- uh, fitness clubs, even hospitals, uh, and different agencies that I consulted for. And I would basically put together wellness strategies that were a little more focused on very specific metrics um, instead of like a typical like corporate wellness program, which is just general. We want to see everyone improve, you know, uh, four or five percent more focused transformations where we have uh, some specific objectives that are a little more dramatic. And, um, and that's what I spent my time doing. And, and over time, what developed was a system of evaluation. We would ask people questions and we started to learn that some assumptions that we made in the industry on a practical, just day-to-day basis, weren't as relevant as others. Give, us, example, give, me, give me an example. Love to. So, you know, the first thing you think about is, okay, how do I, and I'm, I only saying weight loss because it's something relatable. So we started in the, the sports and performance industry. I've had the privilege of, you know, working with pro athletes, NFL players, the whole nine yards, and I love doing that. But despite all of that, the methods we use, still 85% of our clients call us up to lose weight because that seems to be, like I said, the most mysterious, most difficult to, to really hammer down on. But the principles apply to performance, human athletics, etc. So here it is. What's your height, weight, gender? 
that typically was the starting point for anyone trying to figure out what they should eat, how they should exercise. Are you a big person? Are you a little person? Are you male? Are you female? Are you active? Are you inactive? And every one of those questions are relevant. None of them are as influential as simply answering, what is your body used to? Regardless of your size, regardless of your gender, if I found out that your body was used to eating a low-carb diet or you were used to eating uh, only 1,500 calories a day, that piece of information was going to be more influential as to being a predictor of how your body may or, or may not respond. And so what we started doing is trying to gather a snapshot of what your body is currently accustomed to as a starting point. Mm. Um, we're able to become predict predictive with that. So here, here's a simple illustration. So you have three friends, three neighbors. Um, they all go on the same diet. And one gains weight, one loses weight, one stays the same weight. So here, here's, here's what we learned from that. The diet was 2,000 calories a day. The one that gained weight was probably eating less than 2,000 calories a day prior to beginning. The one who lost weight was probably eating more. And the one who stayed about the same weight was probably eating about 2,000 calories a day. Now, that's just a simple illustration um, that's not factoring in any other, you know, macronutrient mm -hmm. breakdown, glycemic load, meal timing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But just as something relatable, it shows how we can just use common sense to identify what may or may not work. I get asked this question all the time. Angela, I, I know who you work with. I've seen the, the transformations. How, you know, what's the magic food or what's the magic exercise? That, that's not the right question. There is no right, or a lot of people say, what's better, calorie restriction or carbohydrate restriction? And the answer is whichever is going to create your greater contrast for you. Mm -hmm. um, so for those of us you know, listening at home, nodding your head going, okay, well, how do I know that? Here's how you know. Anyone who has ever tried the same diet twice, likely you experienced different results the second time you tried the exact same diet. Why? That's the body's ability to acclimate. Your body acclimates for better or for worse. Um, I worked with several people who were on the, the show The Biggest Loser after the mm -hmm. show was over who hired us to help um, fix their metabolism. I wor I've worked with people who've hired me to help slow their metabolism because they were going to be in a situation where food was going to be scarce and they didn't want to be hangry all the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. The whole gambit. But it's interesting to find that if, if I talk to, some, talk to someone and we find out that, you know, they're already counting calories or at least watching what they take in, Simply reducing their caloric intake a little further is unlikely to produce a significant result. Likewise, someone who's already watching carbohydrates, restricting a little further their carb intake is unlikely to produce a dramatic result. So what I'm looking for is where's my leverage? And, and I know what you're thinking. You might be thinking, well, what do I do if I don't have leverage? I watch my carbs and I watch my calories. Well, then your leverage point is we need to recondition your metabolism to speed back up so that way 
and some of the simple tools that we've used in the past will once again become relevant to you. And it all comes down to baseline testing to figure out where your body's at. Thank you, Angela, for that. <laughs> I think a lot of uh, in the course of the peril of uh, journalization, I'll have some questions here too. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. you actually have a gift for the listeners today, and I thought we'd interject it a little bit uh, sooner than later, where they can actually go through a complimentary assessment. Is that correct? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Netpro.co forward slash secrets of success. That way we know that it's, it's your listeners, Ken, and I appreciate it. So anyone that goes through that, uh, it's metpro.co forward slash secrets of success. And it, it, you, you can talk with an actual specialist who will, they'll actually get to know you. They're going to take the time to ask you a few questions, learn a little bit about your fitness and nutritional history, and explain to you, okay, in your case, here's what an effective protocol might look like. They'll be able to give you recommendations, share with you what some of our experts would do. And, and I can kind of even tell you what our experts look at. They look for five key elements that tip us off as to what's going to work for someone. And um, if you'll let me, at some, at some point, I'd love to bullet them for, for the well, list. Let's do it now. We're right here now. So what let's, are those five things that you look for now? I mean, here's the other side. I just want to ask this question first before we get to those five things. Yeah. We are so unhealthy in North America. Is there a theme in the middle of that? I have my opinion about it and versus, you know, where we were at even in the 50s and 60s, we were more svelte. So uh, what happened to, what happened to yeah. us? You know, um, so... We could do a whole other podcast on that. I think it's it's very, very well documented, basically, the commercialization, the marketing of food products and how the need to keep food products lasting longer on shelves and more addictive portion size. Uh, just simply our, our culture in North America has evolved and in a lot of ways not for the better. Yet, I do have to say that better education and quality nutrition is also readily available. So it really boils down to a matter mm -hmm. of understanding. Um, but I'm not saying anything new. This, of course, we've heard a lot of people know. I mean, we can talk about even the history of the role of high fructose corn syrup. And even if you want to go back to more theory, we can even go back to how um, you know, the way our body metabolizes foodstuffs dates back to a fundamental shift with the advent of the automobile and then how a body uses a different energetic pathway at rest than versus an activity and how the whole shift took place. And, but more meaningful, Ken, I will say this. In the industry, in the wellness and the fitness industry, there's often this underlying belief that if somebody isn't fit, if somebody isn't at their goal or their peak, it just boils down to they weren't really wor willing to put in the hard work or the effort. And I want to say that I do not, after dieting 20,000 people, after being in the fitness and training industry for, for two decades, I do not subscribe to that belief. Um, granted, there are outliers that simply don't want to do the work, and there is work mm -hmm. to be done. But what I have found, by and large, is that people are willing to work hard to achieve the uh, objectives they want as long as they're met 
with some results. Results are the greatest human motivator. If I say, hey, go do this, Johnny, and you go and you do it for two weeks and you actually, I mean, you're not going to come back and look in the mirror and your friends aren't going to recognize you in two weeks, but you start to see some results, you'll stick with it. It's when we do something haphazardly and we get mixed results or little visible or measurable results that it's hard to keep the faith. It's hard to keep pushing forward because I'm not getting that positive reinforcement, that positive feedback. And so what I firmly believe is the lack comes in, it's, it's not having the right strategy. And that's where, that's where having an expert, that's where coaches come in because this is what they do 24-7. Their job is to ensure that somebody sees results and that comes down to the very first thing that we talk about. If you, call, if you go to the metpro.co slash secrets of success, the very first thing that our consultants are going to talk to you about are goals. And I want to tell you what I, and this is my personal belief system, what a real goal-setting session is all about. You want to know what it's all about? Deciding what you're not going to work on first. That's oh, what effective goal setting is all about. Because it boils down to hours in the day and specificity. So people, Ken, if you haven't figured this out, I do tangents a lot. I apologize, but I got to tell you a story. People call me every week. Um, they, they read in the, the Wall Street Journal or ESPN or Sports Illustrated or whatever. They read about one of my clients and transfer. And, and so they call me up and they say, Angelo, here's what I want. I want to, you know, run a sub seven minute mile. I want to bench 300 pounds. Um, I want to lose 40 pounds and I want more energy to play with, with the grandkids. Great. I can help you achieve all of those objectives. Now, which one do you want to achieve first? Because if you try to achieve all of them at the same time, you're going to achieve none of them. Unless you're just genetically gifted, you're going to achieve none of mm -hmm. them. That's why you see people going to the gym day after day, and they're on the treadmill or the elliptical, and they're, they're pushing it, and you, but you see them there the next month, the next year, and they basically look the same. It's not a lack of work ethic. It's a lack of specificity. And what we find is that really correlates strongly with time management. Because I can give you a list. I can literally give you a list of a hundred things you could do to either lose weight or improve your athletic performance or build muscle. But of those hundred things, there are a handful of them that are going to make a dramatic difference immediately. And then a whole bunch of things that are simply auxiliary. They're, again, assist, mm -hmm. but they're not the main entree. And so with only 24 hours in a day, we need to know exactly which items are the most relevant and that we're going to start implementing tomorrow and start working on tomorrow because I have found the magic number of things a person can focus on and do with excellence at one time. You know what number it is? Probably one. 
<laughs> you got it, Ken. <laughs> you got it. One. So people say, well, that's it. Why just do one thing? No, we're going to do lots of things. We're just going to do one at a time. Quickly check it off the list. We've mastered that. Now we're going to move on to the next item and the next item. That's what goal setting is all about. Mm. Well, what are these five things, Angelo, that you that we were going to talk about these metrics that, that you were going to list on? Goal setting. Goal setting is the first one. The second one is lifestyle. Uh, if you reach out and you talk to one of our specialists, you may be surprised. Again, you're expecting, okay, what's your height, weight, all that stuff. Yeah, we're, we're going to ask that too. <laughs> but um, we're going to want to know, are you married? Do you have kids? Do you take meals socially? What's your work schedule like? How do you sleep? Do you travel a lot? Because frankly, those are even more important. You have to know what your scenario is as far as your lifestyle. I'll give you just one quick example. Um, a lot of people who've read any of my writings or have listened to me in the past know that I'm a big fan of snacks. And people say, well, you know, there's mixed science on that. You should snack or you shouldn't snack. I love snacks, and if you work with me, you're going to snack. But not for the reasons you'd think. Here's why I love snacks. I love snacks because after 20 years of doing this, I have learned that there are just simply ways that work and ways that don't work when I need to get someone's body to change. Snacks are awesome because you don't take them socially. Has anybody ever attributed that to a value attributes of a snack? You don't take them socially, which make them unique. In other words, I don't have to worry about the business lunch. I don't have to worry about what your husband or your wife is making for dinner. I don't have to worry about a scheduled appointment where you're meeting someone at a particular restaurant because you don't meet your friends or go out to afternoon snack socially. It's something you keep in your desk drawer, you have in the fridge at home, or you keep in the glove box in your car. And so I can call exactly what I want you to eat. Something simple. Mm. Nuts and fruit, whatever, whatever. I don't want to get into the dynamics of bite for bite. More from a principled standpoint, mm -hmm. I can control them. So they become even more relevant, especially if you're the type of person who has meals in a day that you can't 100% control, then the meals that we can control become that much more important. It all mm. boils down to understanding your lifestyle. So that's number two of five. Okay. The third is identifying if you're strategic versus metabolic. So quick definition, strategic is someone who when you eat good and exercise regularly, you get a good result. That represents 80% of the population. Metabolic means you're already eating good, you're already physically active, yet you are still not at your physical goal. That means your metabolism is not broken, it's working the way it should. It's just already acclimated to what you're doing. So we have to change the variables to force it to adapt. We right out of the gate need to identify which you are because someone who simply needs the lifestyle techniques, the strategy, and by the way, what that strategy always looks like is speed of execution. So people mm -hmm. say, yeah, I know how I should be eating. I know I need to exercise. And I say to them, all right, Johnny, I know you know these things. Here's my job. My job is to teach you how to execute on them quicker because we need to do it quickly. It's less cumbersome in your day-to-day -day lifestyle. Mm -hmm. 
it becomes something you can adopt day to day. Someone metabolic is the person who's listening right now going, yeah, 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 I already eat good. I exercise four or five days a week. How come I still can't lose this last 15? That's metabolic. We need to recondition your metabolism and the way we're gonna approach that is significantly different. So that's number three. Number four is baseline testing. So I used to. Way that sports nutrition years ago, I mean, this is, this is what it was. You'd come and talk to a sports nutritionist. They ask for your height, weight. They write down, okay, what type of foods do you like? They write down a piece of paper. Here's a little meal plan. Follow this. Uh, come back and see me in six to eight weeks, and we'll see how much you've progressed. That is the old model. Technology and a myriad of improvements in our understanding of metabolism and science have allowed us to progress beyond that. Using a little bit of tech and, and a little bit of uh, experience, now what we're able to do is <clears throat> when somebody starts with us, I'll design a, a baseline meal plan for your demographic. In other words, male, 50s, active, female, 20s, inactive, whatever your circumstance. Here's a baseline meal plan. It's boring. There's nothing special about it. Here's the special attributes. I know exactly how many calories it is, what the macronutrient breakdown, that's ratios of protein, carbs, and fats. I know the glycemic load and the meal timing. Also, I know exactly how the last 5,000 women your age your activity level have responded on that exact meal plan. And the data that I'll collect from that is gonna allow us to start adjusting and tailoring your meal plan based on those metrics and that data within three to four days. Now I know what a lot of people are thinking, there's no way you can know if a diet or, or a nutrition plan is gonna work in three days. You're right. But we've done this so many times now that we are able to get enough data to start making small tweaks in just mm -hmm. 72 hours with a high success rate. And if we do swing and miss, we'll catch it within another 72 hours. And our success rate has become much, much higher in enacting these transformations. Um, you, you know, by leveraging technology um, and some of the advancements that we have in the industry. So that's where baseline testing comes in. And Great. I can't promise you good news. We're going to baseline test and we're going to get accurate news. It might be great news. Hey, your metabolism is fast. Based on, you know, 5,000 people who followed this meal plan, you actually lost, on average, four ounces more than them in just three or four days. Or... I put you on basically what has been the median, the average, whereas everyone else would maintain X weight, you actually gained a pound and a half. That's bad news. But knowing that enables us to not waste time. Now we can move on, we can adapt, we can adjust because we have retrospective hard data, not theoretical suppose data. In other words, I think this will work this way for you. No, we're just going to start with the tried and true, evaluate how you responded, and oh, by the way, we're not going to wait six weeks for that evaluation. Mm. That's baseline testing. Speed is important for motivation, Speed. for sure. And then the last is the psychological element. Now, I'm, <clears throat> here's the disclaimer, pardon. <clears throat> I'm not a psychologist. There's a lot of people that have 
helped, helped, you know, taught me and a lot smarter than I am. But what I have learned two decades doing this, um, we, we all respond to a little different cues and a little different motivation styles. So there's three, and this is an overgeneralization, but I just use kind of three different categories. The first is the type of person who really thrives with a strong support system and encouragement. Then there's people who really thrive with kind of a instructor relationship. In other words, they want to know the why behind everything. Um, and then there's kind of the, the third bucket, which is people who like a challenge. If they're challenged, then they'll rise to the occasion. Now, it doesn't change the science, Ken. The mm -hmm. science doesn't change. The numbers do the talking. But watch how I have three different people, each in a different category. Same meal plan, same strategy. People in the first category, hey, Johnny, great job. I saw what you had for lunch yesterday, and it's exactly what we talked about. And look, you're doing so good, and I know you're going to be able to keep doing it tomorrow and the day after. And when we get to the weekend, we'll talk about that. People who are in the why category, the instructor category. Hey, Johnny, I saw you ate that meal plan for lunch that we talked about. Here's why you saw that slight change on the scale today in relation to that. Let me explain the science behind the macro breakdown and what we're trying to accomplish with that specific strategy. And then there's the third type. Hey, Johnny, here's what I ate for lunch yesterday. See if you can do better. <laughs> so it's, it, it's, I haven't changed the meal plan, I've changed my approach. And so what we try and do is we try and uh, get to know you and figure out where you're going to resp respond best. That support system, that education, or that challenge. You know, by the way, everyone falls into all three of those buckets at some different point. It's never a straight one or the other. But you can't remove the science from the psychology if you want to get the absolute best result, which is why at the end of the day, we can, at MetPro, we consider ourselves a coaching company, not a science company, um, though the science is the foundation of what we do. So um, <clears throat> I said I would always get, leave people with something actionable. Mm -hmm. And so related to all five of these, here's, here's a tomorrow actionable. If you are trying to transform your body, your physique, your health, your fitness, your weight, your weight, your performance, you name it. What I want you to do is I want you to write down what you ate and what you did for exercise for just a few days. Take it to one of your friends, not even an expert, just a friend, somebody, someone you consider smart and reasonable, level-headed, and just show it to them. Slide that sheet of paper across the table and say, hey, this is what I ate. This is how I exercised. And then I want you to ask them a question. Looking at this list, can you tell what my goals are? If they can look at it and say, well, yeah, clearly, you're trying to do X, Y, Z, or you're trying to get better at this, or you're trying to get stronger at that, or you're trying to lose some weight. You probably have a reasonable program, a cohesive strategy that at least doesn't have an identity crisis. But if you slide that sheet across the table and your friend looks at it and ha says, I have no idea what you are trying to do, 
you probably don't have enough specificity in your program and you can start looking at, okay, what are my goals? How do I make those goals work with my lifestyle? Do I simply need to be more strategic, which means better at the behaviors and consistency, or do I really have a slow metabolism? What is and isn't working based on what I'm eating, in other words, your own baseline testing, and do I need to talk with someone or have someone in my life support me in my efforts, and that's the psychology. Mm. Well, Angelo, those are pretty specific pieces. Now, do you have this outlined in any kind of PDF that the listeners can get? You know, we, we, fortunately, we, we've created what we call the MetPro Academy. It's on our site. If you go to metpro.co, you're going to be able to find lots of information. But if you scroll down to the bottom, or I think um, just depending on what landing page you end up on, you're going to be able to find articles. And I, I've been um, writing blogs for years and, of course, doing podcasts like this. But um, uh, you're going to be able to find a lot of written information where we dive more deeply into lots of the topics that we touched on today. So netpro.co, I, well, anyone, please, I'm honored if you come and spend some time just browsing. Well, where did our time go, Angela? We're already get to the end of our show. Uh, and so, of course, you have that gift. We'll have that in the show notes, metpro.co slash secrets of success. I wonder where you got that from. So uh, any departing pieces of wisdom, a piece of wisdom, Angelo, on your departing comments to the audience? Uh, well, first, I, I want to thank you, Ken, for, for having me. I'm honored to be on your show. This has been a blast. Um, and as far as any, any sort of d- departing comments, um, I, I would say one of the most meaningful exercises that we, we have the privilege of, of taking people through is priorities, just, just thinking about a, having a strong priority hierarchy. And I know right now the whole world is going through turmoil um, and, uh, and dealing with different challenges. And for a lot of people, you know, as coaches and as experts, we're realists. You know, we, we, don't, we don't wear the rose-colored glasses. And sometimes um, the reality of life is that your personal fitness routine or health routine falls from first place. That's life. Don't let it fall from first place to 50th place. If it has to drop to third or fourth for a time because of crisis or difficulties, that's acceptable. Keep it high on the list because it helps nurture and contribute to every other aspect of life. So you're putting your health and your well-being um, still in a high priority position will return, be a return on investment, will pay off in dividends. Great. Well, Angelo, uh, thank very much for hanging out with us today on Secrets of Success. It's been an honor. Thanks for having me, Ken. Stay with us, Angelo. So, listeners, you know, think about what Angelo's talking about. Actually, I want to convert his comment that he said, can you take this list to your friend? My question is, is there any evidence in this list that you actually have a goal or have a focus? And that's a fair comment, a fair challenge from Angelo to you as listeners, is what do you really want to focus on? Also, the research is clear (laughs) that if you have one focus goal, then the success rate goes up significantly versus even just three or two. So 
think about it. What would it mean if you could feel better, if you had more energy, if you could transform your life into something that was just more vibrant? And we've all been through it at different times, myself included. So, you know, reach out to Angelo and we'll have all his contact information in the show notes, metpro.co. And my encouragement is, is that you would take responsibility for what you can do and how you can go to the next level. Now, as always, we thank you for being a listener. If you like what we're doing, please pass it on, share it, leave a positive comment in whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you for listening to Secrets of Success. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.